Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Um, we're keeping our series going uh, for principles. Um, we're joined today again by uh, Dr. Nate Francis, Corey Jackson, and Jackie Rao. Um, <clears throat> we're going to keep this series going. Today, we are talking about how to deal with pushback, um, and specifically pushback from all different levels, whether it be people that you supervise, um, people that are across from you at the district level that are, you know, are intended to support your school and also push back from your supervisors or just different directives. So how do we go about <clears throat> dealing with pushback? What are some ways that we go about um, doing that? Uh, who would like to start us off? I'll start us off. Um, really, when we're addressing pushback from any of those levels, to me, the most important thing to communicate is the why um, and communication is key in regards to battling and, and, and dealing with pushback mm -hmm. but most of the time explaining the why is is beneficial to help avoid and to help deal with that pushback if you can explain to students why they're doing something or explain to the, your teachers your staff or or the ones that are supervising you the reason why you're taking the steps you're taking or the actions you're taking um, or implementing the initiatives that you are, if you're able to communicate that and explain that why, a lot of times that is a, a key to help deal with that pushback. Now, that's not going to say that you're going you're gonna to explain and communicate that why and everyone's going to agree with you, but at least they know the purpose for the action. And now it may take some time to get buy-in um, but at least they know what the direction is that you're trying to go and you're trying to lead into. Uh, another thing that I would say is once that you're communicating your why is developing your team. So getting people on board. Um, so it's not just a directive coming from the principal, but it's an initiative coming um, from a committee where you're getting multiple inputs from stakeholders so it doesn't just become your your plan or your initiative. It becomes a a plan or initiative that has input from various groups, various stakeholders. And really, that's what we want in the end anyways, because we know when we have more voices in the actions that we take, it helps us to poke holes and to see things that we wouldn't see uh, if we were just trying to to implement things in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't know about you guys, um, but I tend to be a little bit of an emotional person. Um, and so when, you know, the thing that I have to remind myself when people start pushing back, whether it's teachers, whether it's parents, whether it's, um, you know, the people above us or whatever the case may be, I have to remind myself it's not personal. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this is business. Right. And um, it's not personal. And so sometimes I have to take that like moment, that breath that like maybe I'll have to walk away um, because I, you know, I think we we only do things at our schools that we're passionate about. Right. Like um, right now in, in my school, we're changing our PLC process and there is a lot of pushback. Um, and I have to remind myself that it's not personal. It's not about me. Um, but I have to be consistent, um, in my response and I have to not allow myself to be emotional when I respond, um, because that's only going to make, make things worse. Right. So, um, 
for me, that reminder of like, it's not personal and, and you need to respond unemotionally um, to whatever that pushback is, whether it's a parent, a teacher, your supervisor, whatever the case may be. Corey? I would say to piggyback, to piggyback off the both of you, I would say, um, and Nate, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you should always have, have your your why and your rationale ready to go for all of those different stakeholders who who, who you can anticipate will be pushing back. So I think that, that's important, very important to have that purpose already set. Um, and for you, um, Jacqueline, I would say that you're, you're absolutely correct that we should not take it personal, but also understand that the individuals that are pushing back on us, they, it is personal for them sometimes. And so mm -hmm. you have to keep also keep that in mind that they're coming from a place of a personal feeling and then and then they're projecting that pushback in that way and so mm -hmm. with it in, in some cases it's very personal for parents it's very personal for that district colleague who is invested in something that you may want to see change you may want to modify um in your teachers when, when you just talked about plc in some cases it's personal to them because they feel a certain way as far as plc's then and it's hard to change that. And so I think that you should always be prepared for um, for that pushback with purpose and rationale. And I also think that you should always keep in mind that in other stakeholders, in some cases it is very personal. And so you understanding that will, 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 then, allow you, will then allow you to navigate it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Right. If so that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I definitely, you know, just listening, there are there are a few things that that I that I do. But before I get into that, um, I want to share with you with you three things from John Maxwell's book. Um, Everyone communicates, but few people connect. Um, he, he talked about um, three things that when it comes to connecting with people, um, he talked about number one, <clears throat> it's about others. Um, it's not about you. It's about others. Help people get where they want and they'll help you get to where you want. It takes a lot of energy and finding common ground. And just to touch on, you know, really, really the first two parts, I think people are extremely interested. All of us are interested in what we want, um, so to speak, and understanding that um, at a very fundamental level will help us understand the people that we lead. So really seeking to understand what it is that they want and what they desire will help us uh, move the needle forward because it, of the truth, once we understand where they're coming from, it's, it, it becomes more fluid. I'm not going to use the word easy, but it, come, it, but it becomes more fluid for us to implement the changes that we want because we understand all those angles. Another thing is it takes energy. And here's, and here's a strategy that I, I definitely want to share with everyone. The hardest part about this job sometimes is the fact that we have to talk to a lot of people all the time and it takes energy to connect with people and to hear their voices to go on a listening tour like dr francis said developing a team um, of people just organizing and or orchestrating all of those things um, it takes an extreme amount of energy but here's something here's something that i do that you know the audience can consider 
um, is taking the time to have one-on-one meetings with every stakeholder that is going to be impacted by the decision and then getting their input. Whether you use that input or not, making sure that you hear everyone's voice. Now, it's something, like I said, it takes a lot of energy, but what I've learned is um, with different things and just in in my career as, as a leader is if I take the time to listen to people, it helps me understand where they wanna go Everybody has different agendas and different motives, and it helps me get to the third thing, which is really finding common ground, taking a notebook and writing down what what each person is saying and hearing what they say. And then that allows that enables us as leaders to find um, common ground with the people that we are leading, because at the end of the day in schools for us, it's about kids. Our common ground is easy. Um, but it's the, the way in which we navigate our common ground. So let me, so let me ask, let me ask you all this question. What are some things that you all do, um, to either build your team or to find common ground, uh, with your people? So the first thing that I had to do was once I got into my school was, was learn my people. And as all of you know, in, in schools and probably any business corporation, there are some of your employees that are leaders and are vocal, and there's some that are more quiet, reserved, but are willing to follow um, staff members. So identifying those, those influencers on campus, and this works with our students as well, um, particularly for behavior, but finding, finding those stakeholders that are influencers, those parents that are on Facebook, right, that are on the school's Facebook and, and write comments and, and a lot of people listen to what they have to say, really targeting or focus on getting their buy-in because that helps you, it helps us. Um, once you have those people on board and you've let those uh, stakeholders feel empowered and feel that they have a stake in what is actually going on and the initiatives that you're trying to push, they can actually be a, a uh, an advocate, right? Communicating out to the community, communicating out to the student body and staff, what it is that's going on and why it's so important. So to me, uh, for me, targeting those influencers uh, on your campus and in your community are a huge part in trying to develop that buy-in and reduce the pushback from whatever initiative it is that you're, you're trying to undertake. Wow. I actually did um, what you did, Jamal, um, in 2017 when I first, when I finally, you know, kicked in the door and got that first um, elementary principal job. I did exactly that. I sat down and met with every teacher in the building, mm-hmm. um, sat down with them, one-on-one fireside chat, so to speak, and we just talked about, you know how they felt about the principal who left, what their expectations of me were, um, how they felt about the school. And it was really eye-opening because I had replaced a seven-year family member, so to, sp- so to speak. You know, it was mm-hmm. a tight-knit K-6 community. And so I really had to, as you said, Nate, had to sit down and I met with all the staff members and then I had to, to figure out who were the key people that I had to really talk to 
um, and really forge relationships with because they were some of those influencers. They were some of those teacher leaders who were going to get things done. Um, I didn't have the luxury of having an assistant principal at that time. And so for those four years, I was, I, I was a principal of the K-6 school and I was by myself. And so, so I really had to utilize um, those established relationships with those key individuals. My math coach and my literacy coach, they were, you know, you know, tried and true. Um, they were from the area, you know, the teachers loved them. So I really had to form a, a, a solid foundation with those individuals because they were the ones that were going to disseminate that vision and that mission of our school. And so, but that couldn't have happened if I didn't take that first week and sat down and gave everybody 30 minutes. And that included, when I said everybody, that included my office staff, my custodian, maintenance guy, cafeteria people. I met, you know, extended day folks. I met with everyone because those those were the people, as you said, Nate, that they had these far-reaching, you know, extensions to the outside, to, to my parents on Facebook, to my parents in the community, to the local businesses. And so I had to take that moment to really, to really forge those bonds. And, and, and I think that's so true and so important. Yeah, Corey, I think um, you and I were in kind of similar situations coming into my principalship this year. I was taking over for a gentleman that had been the principal at my school for 22 years. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, 22 years. So, you know, he had a lot of relationships. He was a beloved member of the community. I mean, he went to church with our families, went to church with some of our staff members, had longstanding relationships with people. Um, So for me coming into that, I did the same thing. I sat down with every staff member, um, 30 minutes. But the other thing that I did, and that was super powerful. I think we can all agree that that having that one-on-one time makes a huge difference, right? Um, I, when I, when I, when I did those meetings, um, I had like set kind of questions that I wanted to ask, like, what are positives? What are negatives? You know, if there was one thing that you would change, what would it be? If, you know, I asked about traditions that, that people would be, you know, upset if they didn't continue because coming in brand new, um, to the district, to the state, to the school, um, I wouldn't know about those traditions and I wanted to make sure people wouldn't be upset, you know, that I stopped doing something because I didn't know. Right. Um, but the other thing that I did on top of that was, um, I put out a a sign up genius to my parents. Um, and I, uh, I opened up 30 minute meetings to parents. I did like three a day. Um, obviously I was, I couldn't, I couldn't do them all day long. Um, but I did like three, like an hour and a half every day I set aside for parents. And I did that for, you know, the first, um, six weeks of the, of, of the, of my time at the school. And that made a huge difference also, um, because not only did the teachers see that I wanted to get to know them on a on a on a personal level and I wanted to hear what they had to say, but I was also able to do the same thing. And that was a way for me to see which of my parents were going to be influencers, right? Like Nate talked about, like looking at your social media, and those are all great ideas. And I haven't done that. So I'm stealing that, Nate. Um, yeah. 
but like that also gave me an idea, like an idea of like, who, who are the people that are going to come to my office? Who are the people that are going to show up and demand a meeting if something doesn't go right? You know what I mean? Um, but I also wanted to hear what they had to say about the school and what changes they thought needed to happen. And, um, and I think that went, um, that, that was huge for me, um, because Jamal knows this, um, I had a huge, um, media situation, um, early on this year. Um, and my parents were super supportive Mm -hmm. because they knew that I would, that, that I was going to hear them, right. I was going to spend, take the time to sit down and talk to them. Um, and, and my parents were super supportive through that whole situation. And I think a lot of that goes back to, um, those relationships that I built right at the very beginning by putting, by having those meetings with parents as well. Right. And, and to close this out, I want to leave us with really this thought and the, the common theme that I'm hearing from all of you is the, the, the relationship piece. I know that when we have ideas as leaders, we, we tend to want them to happen um, like right now sometimes. And I, I think we have to take a step back and realize that we deal with people and not employee ID numbers. And it requires a level of, of comfort and, and also discomfort when having those more difficult conversations. But I think the, the key, if, if we, we've all said it in a lot of different ways, is building effective relationships with your entire community and taking the taking the time necessary to um, hear people and understand where they are so we can know where to go together. Um, for this is Jamal Crook for uh, Jacqueline Rao, Dr. Nate Francis and Corey Jackson reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. Peace.